<laughs> the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Welcome to episode 45 of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. I'm John Taylor, and I am joined at the flaming at-home microphones by a woman who just yesterday completed another successful spin around the sun, comedian, cocktail connoisseur, content creator, and now a full-fledged video editor, birthday girl, <laughs> Shane Carr. Yay. Yay. I'm glad you didn't use the other C word to rhyme. Yeah, really. Also welcome, Mr. Potty Mouth, community booster, board member, creator, president of GayDesertGuide.com. He's dog, dad to buddy, the wonder dog. It's Brad Fur With my burnt sienna crayon. (laughs) And next to me. How did you find that? Oh, it's in the 64-pack. He's got crayons, and we'll tell you why in just a few. Next, a man who consumes news from global sources and regurgitates it into a tasty daily digest, perfect for your balanced diet of info in the Coachella Valley, publisher, editor, journalist from the CVIndependent.com, Jimmy Bogle. Howdy. Morning, Jimmy. Oh, good day, Jimmy. Last but not least, Hellraiser, healer, humanist, Harley rider, you may see her heading to work at Kaiser Permanente with her Scooby-Doo lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Laura Rush, welcome. Zoink. <laughs> this place is creepy. Creepy. <laughs> Did you get your mailbox? Did you get your lunchbox yet? Your Scooby-Doo lunchbox? I know you I- have- I've been bringing it to work every day this week, and I'm getting all kinds of, that's so cool. I'm like, eBay, eBay. (laughs) So, yeah, too old to care. I'm using it every day now. Good. That's awesome. Super fun. And you have you have some dogs with you on your uh, on on your set there, your home set. The baby, so that that's Gunter. Gunter. And then I've got Luna down here hanging out with mom. Aww. And these are both Rottweilers. These are both the Rottweilers. Gunter is uh, eight, Luna's four, and Gunter is Luna's uncle. Oh. So they are family. Very, very nice. They're very sweet, actually. They, uh, they give, according to my vet, they both give Rottweilers a good name because they're both sweet and gentle and, and lovable, and you, they awesome. never know that they're supposed to be scary dogs. Well, that is that is something that that everybody needs right now, and I don't have an animal, but I'm 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 enjoying the uh, the calming uh, petting of the dog there. You yeah. have you have thirty year olds as roommates, <laughs> and that counts as a pet. Agreed. <laughs> the children. <laughs> I can just get them to use the litter box. <laughs> anyway. We have Dr. a big store today, so yeah, we want to get to Dr. Rush. Uh, will you chime in, doctor, and tell us how it's been going in the medical world this week? It, it status quo, and as you see, they're trying to get us back to a, a slow reopening, um, and and op- you know, open up stores and and businesses. I saw that yesterday, LA County opened up the beaches, which is interesting. Uh, just you know, for surfing, walking biking but you can't go and hang out on the beaches um so it's it's a slow roll out uh, we'll see we'll see how we do that remains to be seen um I, I know there's a lot of talk here about whether or not people should be wearing masks in public still and it's it's a it's a big divided argument that's been happening out here but medically there's no question is there i say wear one 
you know, right. especially if you're immune compromised, wear one. You know, what, what Palm Springs does is it's going to be a little bit different from what the rest of Riverside County does, depending on what we, you know, we tell people, our citizens here, um, what our city council decides to do with it. And they're still saying, you know, you need to be wearing masks, but, right. you know, they're, they're, they're fighting. And there are some people that are going into grocery stores without them. I'm understanding Trader Joe's, for instance, is not mandating people to wear a mask when they go in. So... Some people have decided to protest that and not patronize some of these stores that you know and, and just not shop there. So it's it's using good judgment. Um, like I said, if people are not going to be wearing the masks and and you're uncomfortable, then wear a mask and Laura, just use good judgment. I, I have a a quote that I'd found on uh, from a Facebook friend that I thought was good. It says, um, "I do not attach meaning." To about to, uh, I wear a mask because I do not attach meaning to it about who I am or what I'm missing out on or losing. I wear a mask because I am part of the United States, not a divided country. I wear a mask because I like knowing I am doing my part for me and for others. I wear a mask because it's temporary and eventually we will get through this. Perfect. Yeah. It's well, perfect. the mask is the path through this. I really feel like that. So. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's going to be a personal choice at this point going forward. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of shaming people for wearing a mask um, or shaming people for not wearing a mask. I think it's just we have to pick and choose our battles at this point. So just, just be safe. You know, we are going to get through this. Just, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, we were homebound. So at least we're, we're getting to kind of get back into normal. And, I, and I'm hoping that the virus stays down. You know, we're still seeing increase in cases, but not, that's just because I mentioned last week, increase in testing. And we're doing a lot more testing here in Riverside County than they do in, in most parts of the states. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if we have a blip. We'll see if we have an increase when they relax those measures. Keep so my fingers crossed. I, I have a question. If you remember back in the, the throes of the AIDS crisis, there were a lot of couples, I say this because I have two couples of friends, one who's positive and one who's negative, and they are completely enmeshed, living in a one-room apartment in New York City or Dallas, and, uh, and there were guys who were, I don't even remember what it was called, zero intolerant or tolerant or something where there were They're guys. They were Yes, guys, who, they just didn't catch it. Um, are they, have they ever figured out with HIV what it is that makes them not catch it? And are we looking in people now for what, why that's happening again in an exactly reflective way? They are always looking into why some people are, seem to be, I would, for better, uh, lack of better words, immune to certain viruses such as HIV. They yeah. are constantly studying long-term survivors, for instance, why some people who you know, became seropositive back in the 80s are still virus-free or, or their viral load is nothing. And they're doing fine. They've never had any AIDS-defining illnesses. They've never really gotten sick from it. So there's so much um, to look into from a genetic point of view, those genetic components as to why these people seem to be able to hold off the virus. So there's an entire industry built around looking into this kind of stuff. So they, they will be, they'll be looking into why, you know, why some of us can get COVID and fight it yeah. off or have no symptoms or mild symptom and, and then move on. Um, 
uh, some of the physicians that I know had said, you know, we probably were all exposed to it because we all were exposed to a lot of coughing people that we just assumed were your seasonal cold and flu and none of us got sick. So is it an immune system response because we are so exposed to these things on a daily basis that I feel like I have a very immune, I mean, a robust immune system because I do have people literally coughing in my face 10 times a day between December and March. And it's rare that I get sick. And I do make them wear masks, but sometimes they get, you know, they, they're, yeah. Should we be getting uh, tests that uh, look for antibodies? Uh, example, um, Jill Langham, who's very, very, very well known as the dancing queen of Palm Springs, a dear friend, and a regular at the Oscars tea dance. And at the very beginning of the, of the epidemic, uh, of the, the pandemic, um, she was quite ill and dropped out of society. And now, now weeks later, or months later, gets an antibodies test and finds out that she had it. Yeah. I mean, should we be getting that? I think so. It's not available to everybody and to all medical facilities right now. I know, like, like I said earlier, at Kaiser, we're not currently testing it. There are some places that are testing for antibodies. Um, there are several tests that are out there on the market. The question is, I think we talked about this last time, how accurate yeah. they are, how good they are, how effective they are. Um, it, it would help give people, especially frontline people, personnel, medical workers, storefront workers, restaurant owners, the ability to say, I'm safe, I'm, you know, I have an antibody. But we mentioned last time, you could test people, we don't know how long the antibodies last for. So that's the bigger issue. Uh, You could be antibody positive and, you know, a month later, come down with COVID again, because the antibodies just did not last that long. You know, a, a case in point, if you look at hepatitis, and all healthcare workers are mandated to get hepatitis B vaccines. But we're also, we have to get tested to make sure we still have the antibodies on a regular basis. I've personally been vaccinated four times against hepatitis B because when they test me for it within a year or two, I blow through all of those antibodies and they're gone. Wow. So I, I just, the way my body processes them and I don't hold on to antibodies. So I have to continually get vaccinated against it. I've never had hepatitis. But oh, that's why. Well, I was just going to ask about the the effectiveness of a virus uh, vaccine. Like, I think the flu shot is like 62, 60 something percent effective, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So even a vaccine is only 62 percent effective. And I wondered if you would uh, speak to that. Yeah, a lot of vaccines have different variabilities in terms of their effectiveness. If you look at the flu vaccine, and we have to change it every year because that virus mutates, influenza mutates. So they make the vaccines from a combination of what they thought were the, was the most prominent virus the year prior, plus what they think may be a prominent strain that coming year. Sometimes they're right and they get it, and we have a really good vaccine. Sometimes it's just horrible, and it's 50% effective, and people get the flu shot and then you know they get the flu and they're mad and they they distrust it you could look at looking at shingles shingles vaccine up until recently the uh, the shingrix vaccine was only 65 percent effective so people were still getting shingles and getting upset like hey i've had this vaccine and uh there's a newer i was, was zostavax that's what it was i was only 65 percent effective now shingrix is more effective than the prior one 
So we're, we're giving people boosters. Yeah. So we're giving boosters and new shingles vaccines to people. That's a little bit more effective. But again, people do run through their antibodies and, and there's no one, like I did with my hepatitis. Like I said, I have to check mine every year, every two years and make sure that I'm still protected if I come in contact with the you know blood of someone who is hep B positive. In my line of work, that's common. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Rush, uh, I want to talk to you about the how much we've learned over the last couple of months. Uh, we're reopening. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we were discussing um, before you before we went on the air, I guess you'd say, uh, you know, the Wisconsin decision where the Supreme Court there ruled that they were open. And unless counties had come up with other rules, they were open. The Riverside County Commission is banging the drum to to open up here as quickly as possible. So, you know, we're going to be more and more open as this goes on. And I don't think we can get that cat back in the back. So talk to me yeah. about treatments. How much have we learned over the last two months of battling this when it all of a sudden came out and no one knew what was going on versus where we are now? How much better are we at treating this than we were, you know, back then? Yeah, we've seen a lot of different therapies come out that people have been trying. We know that the remdesivir is, is working a little bit. So they've, you know, they've stopped the clinical trial and they're just giving that to, to patients now. We know that uh, hydroxychloroquine is, is not working. So that's sort of gone away. Um, people were trying different methods. Uh, in different hospitals in New York City was trying different methods in terms of how they're treating this patient. We're seeing now that it's causing blood clots. Um, so we're checking and looking at different aspects of, of how this virus affects the body. So is it, it, is it causing blood clots within the heart, within the lungs? Um, how we're treating those patients, checking, checking INRs, which is a measure of how readily our blood clots or doesn't clot. So we really have a better understanding, but a lot more to learn in terms of how we're treating the patients. You know, checking oxygen saturations on patients that are may not be having those symptoms of desaturation, but when you check their oxygen saturation, it's it's really really low. So they may be not having symptoms, but they're getting very sick immediately. So learning how to care for these patients um, in terms of treating them in the ICU, when to vent them, when to not, it's it's been a huge learning curve, and, and we've learned a ton about how to take care of these patients, but we've got a long way to go. Uh, you know, like I said last time, this is a virus that will likely be coming back seasonally or it'll be coming back in the fall and we have to be prepared for it. So we've learned a lot. We've made a huge leap in terms of what is this? Is it, are we going to treat it like a flu? Are we going to just, you know, throw a lot of things at it and see what sticks? So there are a lot of companies working together um, with treatments. Uh, there's a, there was an article, I think, Jimmy, you had posted something about it, too, on the CB Independent about uh, vaccine makers uh, coming, putting their heads together for vaccine trials to see what's going to, to work. So it's, we're moving, as far as the medical community is concerned, at warp speed, because things typically move very slowly when it comes to medical research. So things are moving a lot more quickly, and which is a good thing if we can get rid of some of the red tape. Well, I think in every industry, we're as apart as we are, it has forced a level of collaboration over competition with Indeed. restaurants and medical research and, you know, at, on every level, you either connect or you crack off and float away, I think, right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we and need to 
give us a final thought, if you will. Something is there something hopeful that is newer that we maybe haven't heard a ton about yet that is a good result or a good response or just something? You got a good one? It's still status. It's still status quo. Um, the the one thing I was going to mention real quickly is, and you you had talked to me a little bit about the, the plasma and yeah. donating plasma and within the LGBT community. And I wasn't sure if that was something that, you know, you wanted to tackle, but I, and I know that DAP uh, had put out some statements regarding that too, yeah. and how, uh, you know, gay men are still nope. delayed in their ability to donate blood. It used to be a full out ban and then they moved it to 12 months and then we're recently down to three months in terms of a delay. And I'm eligible. you can't have had sex in three months in order to right. do so yeah, exactly. a friend of mine just got turned away this last week because he's a sexually active gay man in a long-term relationship. And there was just, he said, I can't believe it's still this. I can't believe, like, can't I just test it and know if it's safe or not by now? It's absolutely, it's, it's, I mean, there's no other way to look at it than other than it continues to be flat out discrimination. And there's really no other way to, there is no medical way to say that this is even necessary anymore. I mean, they test the donors, they test the blood repeatedly. The, you know, it's usually the blood products that they're using as well. So to, to continue to do this is absurd, in my opinion. And I, I'm glad DAP had put out a statement regarding that. I think it's, it's high time they just remove it altogether. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense when you could say from, from a point of view that it, it's discriminating against this class of, of individuals. But it also doesn't make sense because people are not always honest about what they've been doing and what they've been up to, too. So you can always say, sure, I haven't had sex in, in five years and I'm going to go. Or you are not honest about your sexuality and donate blood. So it, right. it's not taking that into consideration. But right. that's neither here nor there when you just say this is a flat out discrimination situation yeah. where they're just because it doesn't apply to women to have sex with women. Well, right. Yeah. And there are reasons for that, but right. a we have incident. a tough time giving a disease to each other, which is why I think our sign is, you know, lesbians are God's chosen people. We can barely, <laughs> you know, you've got to work hard for a woman to give a woman any sexually transmitted. A, you can do it with commitment. It's, it's possible that you can yeah. transmit HIV, um, yeah. female to female. That happens. Super uncommon. It, it, it sure it, it's uncommon but it, it it does happen i think lesbians are too busy out rescuing animals so i will also announce that today i get two baby kittens from the animal shelter to foster until they're ready for adoption that's my point long, i've been waiting a long time for a dog and there just are no dogs uh, fostering is hard and fabulous but so they called and said can you take two baby kittens and i said, of course. Are you going to keep them or just foster? Oh, no. Oh, no. Aren't you allergic? I love, yeah, I'm allergic. But kittens don't have the dander. Okay. And they can't even interact with my dog. They have to live in my guest bathroom, which no one is peeing in right now. So fine. Thank you so much for being with us again. We love, we love getting to pick You bet. Thank you. Uh, say, say goodbye to the babies. Uh, bye, 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 <laughs> You guys have a good day. Thank you, honey. So now we would like to welcome Megan Goring, who is uh, part of the 
certified farmer's market, which is out there in the parking lot outside of Camelot slash cultural center. And I've had the opportunity to do a little bit of volunteering there because it's one of the projects that's dear to my heart. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. So, yes, um, as you mentioned, we are currently holding our market um, only on Saturdays in front of the Certified Farmers, uh, in front of the Palm Springs Cultural Center um, at 2300 East Baristo Road. Um, we have two other markets during the high season in Palm Desert and La Quinta, but they are seasonally closed right now. Uh, so from 8 o'clock to 1230, we are open um, and we have 30 participants. Um, farmers and artisan food vendors who uh, hail from a hundred mile radius around the Coachella Valley, uh, giving us a great selection of amazing um, fresh food and artisan food products. Amazing. Fresh food? What's fresh food? I haven't had any fresh food. <laughs> John, you need to come to the market, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A couple of weeks ago, the mushroom farmer was there. Oh yeah, yeah. We Not are so time. excited to have mushrooms in the market again. It's been several, I want to say four years since we've had mushrooms in the market and it's, they are a welcome addition. They, they ramped up slowly. They were at our Palm Desert market for, for a couple of months before coming to Palm Springs because they didn't have enough production. I, I warned them, I was like, you're going to get, you're going to sell out in like two hours. You need to like build more capacity and they're still in order to be prepared for Palm Springs. Yeah. Uh, aside, from, aside from your uh, volunteer social distancing coordinator, Charles Drabkin's weekly fantastic outfits, what is the biggest draw for the certified farmer's market? What, what sells out early in the day so that people should get there early for? Well, Shan definitely pointed out our most popular new a participant, which is mushrooms. Um, and those mushrooms are being grown in a controlled environment in Yucca Valley. Mm. Um, They're not native to our desert environments, but they've created an environment to, to make that possible. Um, we also, this, this particular Saturday coming up, maybe the last Saturday that we have hydroponically grown mushrooms from Mecca, that's Wong Farms, and they are amazing. Okay. And they often have, so um, one thing that people should know, is that because we only have one market open and because it's our Palm Springs market um, and because we only have one entrance and one exit and a boundary around the market to facilitate um, safer shopping, um, you can wait between 15 to 20 minutes just to get into the market and then some of the vendors inside the market also have a waiting line and Wong's Tomatoes is one of them. Uh -huh. um, they're almost to the end of their season because it's getting really hot out there. So. Yeah. Um, that would be a first stop is either mushrooms or tomatoes. Um, but we have several um, big farms that have a variety of different crops. So you have lots to choose from within the market itself. So only 50 people in at a time. You're counting them in and out. It, it felt so safe in there. There are circles where to stand. And, you know, most people, I would say that the kind of person who shops at that sort of market is already a deliberate, mindful, healthy choice kind of making person. So aside from when people start talking and suddenly they just realize they're getting closer and closer to each other and then they back off. It's been beautiful. It feels good. And Charles is there with the parasol. I say, bring a parasol, anybody. Right. right. 
No, I actually encouraged him to, to find a parasol because not only did I want him to not get sunburned, but I also wanted to encourage other people to follow his lead. Although I think they're a little intimidated because he is so fabulous that they won't yes. feel like be up to his level. Well, thank you. Is there something else you want us to know? I see in the newspaper this morning that you got a small grant. Congratulations. We were, I was interviewed by a reporter at the Desert Sun and they, um, they shown a spotlight on the fact that we recently ran a GoFundMe campaign um, because our revenues were really impacted by the number of participants that had to drop out when we went into shelter in place for a variety of different reasons. Um, we were down about 14 participants and the market is under the nonprofit of the Cultural Center. And so in order for us to continue to function <clears throat> to pay for our overhead, we rely on those space fees that we charge the, the farmers um, when they participate. And so we were looking at a shortfall that, that would not make it possible for us to run the market in the summertime. So we started a GoFundMe campaign um, last Wednesday at about 5.30 in the evening. And by Friday morning, we had hit our goal. 41 hours, we hit the goal of $10,000. Congrats. That's what it was. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, um, it was incredibly gratifying and also kind of overwhelming for me <laughs> to see the support of the community in such a tangible way. Yeah. It, it happened because of what you do. You do a great job. You offer something that's important to us and we're so grateful to have you in the Valley. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks. Nice to meet you. Of course. Nice to meet you too. Bye. Bye. And now we welcome to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, the host of On the Rocks radio show, a media grand marshal of the Palm Springs Pride Parade, writer for GED Magazine, and the best dressed man on lockdown. Please welcome Alexander Rodriguez. <laughs> Good, Good morning, day. everybody. How are you? Good Look at you all shaped. Um, I'm not wearing pants. I just have to put that on. No pants. <laughs> <laughs> but he's wearing a suit. Very nice. Suit and tie. A snoot? He is. I can't tell you how much I miss you guys. You know, Palm Springs is my second home. It's, right. It seems like it's been years. And you guys are keeping it up with your content that you have, uh, the drag queens with their digital shows, a sham with your funny videos. Like, you guys are showing LA up. You're showing us, like, how to do it with some sincerity. So Thank kudos you. to you guys. Well, you're doing a great job. You're doing your show, and I'm, I've been uh, checking it out. It's pretty awesome. You had uh, some go-go guys. Yeah, so what we've done, you know, we do celebrities and cocktails, but what I wanted to do during this whole quarantine, we're doing a quarantine and chill series where we're focusing on out-of-work LGBT uh, nightlife people. So first we had, uh, we had drag queens uh, led by Mayhem Miller from RuPaul's Drag Race. Then we did go-go boys across the U.S. I had a go-go boy from Wisconsin, Phoenix, Miami, New York, Chicago. It was crazy. Then we had bartenders and DJs to really kind of see what's going on with them during this whole lockdown, how they're modifying their brand, how they're putting out content, how they're surviving, how much toilet paper they have. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all learning new skills in this lockdown. I, uh, I know. We definitely are. Like one ply is not as good as two ply. No. I learned that. <laughs> I went out, oh, there, there she's, Shankar oh, has the toilet paper. <laughs> I can see. Dan, is it, does it smell like lavender, though? That's my question. No, no, but my, co my closet still does. Great. <laughs> a lesbian with a lavender closet, what a surprise. <laughs> so wait, Alexander, I just want to say, don't you think that this will continue to make the accessibility of 
someone who might otherwise have been out of reach for an interview to do an interview from their bathroom or their kitchen? It, it's, it's been crazy. You know, celebrities are at home, and so they see how easy it is to, to guest on a smaller podcast or something because, you know, it doesn't take that much effort, but it's creating these great dialogues that we would never, ever have. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, it, it's almost like when you have a drink at a hole-in-the-wall bar during the day, you talk to people that you would not normally ever come in contact with, right. and you have some of the best conversations ever. It's an exciting time because everybody is a Zoom or a FaceTime away, um, and that even goes for friendships, talking to people I went to high school with, even though they don't look as good as I do, of course. The gays <laughs> age better. Like, they do. It's a fact. Because we, we didn't have kids, most of us. And that's the thing that, right. that ages. And, you know, next week, and next week on the podcast, um, we're going to have the entire Supreme Court. They're, they're all going to come on <laughs> via Zoom. Even Ruth? By Supreme. You can stop flushing the toilet. Okay, we're good. Wait, by Supreme Court, he means five drag queens that impersonate the Supremes. Yes. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I don't believe anything. You better trademark reaching. that, Shan. <laughs> you better trademark that. Alexander, how's it feel to, to be in a Zoom meeting where you, do, where you don't have a cocktail? <laughs> How do you know? Oh, oh never mind. <laughs> we know better. Is that a hey, girl, hey? Uh, it's a little vodka and a uh, little ice. You know, it's fine. A good way to start the day. There is no happy hour time. Every hour is happy hour. Yep. And it's funny because uh, liquor companies are sending me bottles at home just to keep me liquored up. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm like, thank you. So the Stoli rep called me yesterday and said he's sending me a case of Stoli for my birthday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's great. I just named your drink. You know my drink, the Hey Girl, Hey, Vodka Soda, Splash of Any Juice. So yes. what you're drinking, Vodka on the Rocks, I just named it a bitch, please. Oh, my God. There you <laughs> I'm go. I'm totally going to make that a recipe and like Thank a you. bitch, please. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Before, when you would have a drunken night out, especially on Arena's Road, you know, the next morning you're sending, oh, I'm sorry for last night, blah, 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 make it up to you. Let's grab a drink this morning. Now you have to do that with like happy hour Zooms. It's just as bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you offend now? <laughs> oh, who didn't I offend? <laughs> That's an easier list. Smaller. Yeah. <laughs> it's a post-it. <laughs> oh, dear. And you're also, you're, you're doing a lot of writing for a GED magazine. as uh, That's been ongoing. Well, yeah, you know, and as artists, we have to figure out how we're still going to put content out there. We've had to rebrand. We've had to learn tech, which, as you know, tech is not my specialty. You know, I can't even use a vibrator, right? Um, <laughs> but... Uh, we've had to figure out different ways, and so I've been doing so much writing. I'm uh, happy to share I'm the new lead writer for Metro Source magazine, which is the second largest LGBT print and online. My first national cover story came out last month, um, and, you know, uh, we're putting out great issues during this whole time. So I've, I've had to learn how to use proper grammar, not curse in my <laughs> writing, not to put emojis in everything. Uh, but that's the way I've had to your kind editors of for. <laughs> Let's just say editor. Hey, yeah. no. <laughs> okay. uh, but these are ways that we have to rediscover how to share stories that are happening. And so I'm able to write about people that are out of work. I'm able to write about celebrities that are helping the community. Um, so, you know, it's a bad thing. It's a bad situation that we're all in. But there are some good points to it, such as coming together as a community, such as challenging ourselves as artists to rediscover our skills or create new ones.
And you and I have had this conversation in uh, Zoom cocktail hours that were not for broadcast, but it's, <laughs> it's so true that, that the people that are really um, like tone deaf to what's going on, on yeah. in social media and they're, not, they're self-absorbed about their small little slights and problems are really sticking out like a sore thumb when somebody's being really like petty and stupid. That's a really good point. You know, sincerity goes a long way. Um, and that's what I, my hat's off to, to you guys in Palm Springs. The content you're putting out has a sincerity. It's not smoke and mirrors. It's not showy. Um, it has heart to it. And I think that's showing a lot of people of what social media content can be and should be. You know, some of the influencers that were at the top of their game, people are like, girl, please. Bitch, please. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, yeah. That's with it now. It's yeah. all part Bitch, of the thing. Bitch, please. I got to talk to a, a college uh, class last week back in Massachusetts on media. And at the end, I said to the, to the kids, I said, at this time, kids, you know, young adults, I said, at this time, you really have to be sincere. And it's all about sincerity. And like Burl yep, said, yep. it's once you learn how to fake that, you got it made. <laughs> well there you go <laughs> um but your people being a hold up they they want that intimate real kind of connection since we can't hang out with each other we can't even hug anybody you know we need that kind of sincerity to feel um intimate with each other no matter if you're you know the top celebrity no matter if you're your neighbor next door you know this is the time to connect on a an, on a real level and kind of be open about some of the struggles. You know, depression is a huge thing right now, especially in the LGBT community. We have people that have been displaced from coming out from their own families. Now they're displaced because they can't hang out at the nightclubs, you know, at their even AA meetings. So there's all these different ways that we have to connect. We have to check into the people uh, that we haven't heard from. and Just give them a phone call. You know, I hate talking on the phone, but this whole thing has made me rediscover that kind of special communication that you just don't get from a text. Okay, I will say though, with all of the different vehicles that now, all the different apps that make my phone ring, I'm terrified to hit accept because I don't know if I'm gonna be on screen or not. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Ring is what, and like, there are lots of times I would answer a call that I would not answer a video call. I'm not being all compromising, I'm just saying, all of a sudden you're on the screen and you see yourself and you're like, fuck. <laughs> so Alexander, do you have a trip planned to Wisconsin because they just opened up the bars? Ah. Oh, they did. It's funny because uh, one of the go-go boys we had on the show is from Wisconsin. From Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. And so they want to have me come out there to do like a little bar tour. There's like four or five bars. I don't think I'm ready for that. My tolerance has gone down because I'm not <laughs> out every night. So now I'm scared. I probably wouldn't even make it past the airport bar. <laughs> you are a you are a a, a media maven, and I, I kind of wanted to go around the, the the room here and and find out what people are binging. What have you been binge watching lately, Alexander? Um, I love all things from like Bravo TV to horror uh, to what's popular. Um, but I kind of hit a wall in the last couple of days. There's so much great content, but then it all starts to look a little noisy, and then it's it's not as engaging. Um, but the last few things that I really, really loved, uh, Mrs. America on Hulu is amazing. Kate Blanchett, Rose Byrne, and it has to deal with the women's uh, rights movement in the 70s, which I didn't know anything about. 
So not only is it entertaining and the acting is amazing, you're learning some American history and it's showing both sides, you know, the conservative and the liberal, and it's yeah. showing the human stories behind it, which again, we're forgetting so much in this current age because we're so ready to be mad at somebody. We're so ready to, you know, Trump versus this, Trump versus that. And so it's, it's good to see that there are two sides to everything on the human life element. And that's what the show is doing. So okay. I have to say that the show is so good. Highly recommend your sensitive side, Alexander. This I is know. Oh, my God. And all like glow bubble wow. love. I love this dress on you. Oops, sorry about that. I dropped my phone. Oh, no. Uh, hey, Jimmy, what are you? Uh, that was Mrs. America on Hulu. All right, put that down. Jimmy Bogle, anything that you've been... Um, watching in, in copious amounts? The last thing that uh, my husband Garrett and I have discovered is a show called Afterlife on Netflix. The oh, second season oh. just came out, and it's Ricky Gervais uh, is the star. He plays this man whose wife just passed away from cancer, and he is just absolutely devastated. However, as the series goes, there's ups and downs and stuff like that. It's very raw. It's very real. That's great. The thing that drives me crazy is you work for this newspaper that's not like any newspaper that's ever existed in mankind, which kind of drives me crazy. But it's also very, very funny. It's dark, yet whimsical and funny all at once. And, you know, I believe there's only six episodes for two seasons, so it's a quick binge. We're just starting the second season, but it's been, it's been a delight. I've, I enjoy a quick binge. So that's Afterlife on Netflix. I binge through all of Hollywood. Um, I haven't gotten through all of it yet. I love I'm it. saving it. Yeah, me too. Um, you know what? Savoring. It's, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, is it true? Uh -oh. Alexander's, Alexander's got a little, a little, mm, what's yeah. going on, I mean, Alexander? It was, like, it was like a confection. It was like junk food, you know? Yeah, no? I think the acting is very uneven. I thought the writing was poor. And as much as I love Patti LuPone, I do not need to see a sex scene with Patti LuPone. <laughs> <laughs> I did. What are you watching, Brad? <laughs> Some good news with um, uh, Krakowski. Uh, from, John Krasinski. I'm sorry, John Krasinski? Krakowski, that's what's her name. Um, John Krasinski. So I find that so uplifting. I find myself crying sometimes sobbing during these episodes. He, he does it, you know, it's the kids created the logo. It's a spinning globe at the beginning. It's a YouTube video. There's been just a handful of episodes since the end of March. But yeah. some good news, focusing on all the wonderful things that are happening out there and putting it in a way, and he really has such a human side um, to the stories. And himself, he, he, he's so yeah. vulnerable during the show. And brings on some amazing guests. There's been surprise weddings, all kinds of really fun surprises for uh, some, some regular people who deserve um, some, some really good news during this time. Where that, do people get some good news? Uh, on YouTube. And okay. you can also Great. find it on It is so uh, YouTube. good. It yeah. is like an injection of happy mainline oh. directly into the vein. It's really very good time for that. Yeah. And then shit. What have you been binging in between all of your f fabulous creative endeavors, Shan? Me? Uh, I'm embarrassed that last night was kind of, I have not been binging. I've been on writing, reading, creating kind of mode. I've seen a little bit of everything you guys have talked about, though, but I haven't had the commitment to get through anything. But last night, uh -oh. two hours, live Survivor episode on my birthday. This was like, 
And I knew Richard Hatch, who won the first one. So once you know yeah. somebody from a show, you're kind of hooked in in a different way. So I love it, and it was super creative. And uh, But yesterday was my first day of allergies of my whole life after that huge windstorm that blew through. I've never sneezed and sneezed and sneezed all day. How and many times? So miserable from the sneezing. I took a Benadryl, and I fell asleep before the winter. Oh, oh, no. oh my God. So that's what I did at 6.45 on the patio this morning. I mean, seriously, <laughs> the votes had all been cast, and I was... <laughs> <laughs> so, Shan, how many sneezes yesterday? No, I don't even remember. 80 84. Seven, uh, 84. 84. Yeah, it was in the 80s. I'm impressed that you counted. <laughs> I've just never sneezed more than three times. So after the first two binges, I started to count. And never mind. For a girl that sneezes this close to an orgasm, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> No wonder you have that glow about you. That's right. Wow. He sneezes and then has a cigarette. <laughs> True. Alexander, it's so nice to see your face. We really appreciate you, you coming on the I Love Palm Springs podcast. I can't even tell you. Come back, will you? Believe me. I'm. Hey, the minute we get the clear, I'm heading there, you know, instead of out at WeHo. I got to see my friends in Palm Springs. Excellent. And, and we'll buy you a bitch, please. <laughs> I love it. Copyright 2020, <laughs> Shan Carr. Bye, honey. Bye, I love you guys. guys. Stay healthy, stay uh, sexy, stay tipsy. We will. <laughs> Next on the show, we have Deborah Ann Mum from the Create Center in Palm Desert. And like any artist at her best, she has taken their vision, which is already spectacular, and pivoted it to meet the pandemic. So would you start uh, by telling us how your vision has been affected by what's happening to us right now? Oh, wow. Well, that that's, that's quite a question there, Chan. Um, so, you know, we, uh, we're creative people here at the Create Center for the Arts. So, get, uh, and when this first happened, um, we learned that uh, we could turn some of the equipment we had here into uh, useful items. So we do 3D printing and typically we're printing things like uh, looms to teach kids weaving or uh, etching plates for traditional printmaking or we also have this uh, really cool virtual reality uh, sculpture program so you can kind of sculpt out of thin air and then you can send those files to the 3d printer um but now now we're making uh shields and masks and ear savers for frontline uh medical workers as well as those at, at risk uh, with compromised immune systems or um kids at risk fantastic uh, so Youth side. Now, I can understand by what it's called, but will you tell us a little bit about an ear saver? I'm assuming it's masturbated. Oh. You know what? I have a sample. <laughs> oh, she's going to get a sample. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Where did she go? So, Zoom. Off she, go? she goes to the side. Here we go. So, so basically, uh, this acts as your ears. It goes behind your head, and then instead of clipping your elastic... Uh -huh to your ears, it clips to... Oh, oh I getcha. Oh. That's yeah. I, 
I totally need one of those because when I put on my um, rhinestone cowboy beefcake mask, it brings my ears forward. And it makes yeah, you. That's embarrassing, right? See? My ears actually just gave out. It would start giving out. So I actually put a paper clip behind my head to hold it together. So that's created. We can hook you up. Uh, Thank you. Every pun intended there. So um, <laughs> this, uh, a lot of people are getting migraines from wearing these masks because of the pressure on the on the back of their, uh, See? you know, ears and their. It's uh, it's uncomfortable for long periods of time, and lots more people are having to wear these things for long periods of time. So the other thing that we're making, and this is specifically for the uh, people with compromised immune systems and those at risk in our community is this uh, Montana mask. Tune into the middle other of way. the screen. Yeah, hold what it about to the other side so we can see it. Yeah, oh, go. okay. Yeah, um, now we see it. It would be so useful if I could see what was going on. So um, <laughs> anyway, so this is a couple part thing. So this, this thing takes four hours on a 3D printer to print, but it can be one surgical mask can be used, cut into six pieces. And so this turns Brilliant. 10 surgical masks into 60. And That's with brilliant. the seal, uh, this has actually been tested. It's called the Montana mask, and it's wow. an open source um, design file design. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I did have my coffee, but you know, uh, so like anyone can download this from the internet, and and if you have the right type of filament, you can you can print these things. So we actually have a. a additive manufacturing kind of uh, group of supporters that are out there uh, in their businesses and, and living rooms. We have a 10-year-old kid printing uh, shields for us. So th this is the wow. shield model. And uh, for, the, for the listening audience that doesn't get to see the pictures, the uh, Montana mask is basically a rigid uh, mask that forms over your face, but it has a window in the front of it that uh, you place basically a filter made of surgical masks so you can stretch out that material six six to one so that's just well, brilliant and and the shield is so, just a big clear shield yeah the, uh, the montana masks are proven uh more safe than just a standard cloth mask um because of the seal you know there's no gaps yeah right you inside it it had almost like a gasket around it so oh, Deborah, how can we exactly how can we help? window gasket. How can the people that are listening help out? How can how can they support what you're doing? Well, thank you for asking, Brad. Um, so this is a completely donation-based program, which so all of these items are delivered free of charge. We've been to uh, as far as urgent cares and physical therapy places in Big Bear. Uh, we've dropped off at uh, DAP, Desert Regional, uh, Eisenhower, um, and as far east as uh, Oasis, some clinics in Coachella and Oasis, and, and there's a huge need for this protective gear. So the best way that you can help is um, share, share on social media from or like our Facebook page and share our posts. Uh, you can donate if you're in a position where you're able to do that. The, um, all of the funds go towards uh, buying supplies and equipment and uh, manufacturing this stuff. And, 
and and getting it delivered. We're like a you know we've we've pivoted from art center to manufacturing and distribution, but it's um, I have to say it's it's been a really touching experience to to really help save lives. I mean that's what it's yeah. what it's all about yeah. is protecting it's, our it's community. Create Center, createcentercv.org is the website and you can click to become a member, you could click to donate, go to the website and check it out. It's founded by artists supporting our community since 2016 and you're making the community better in not just creative ways but actual physical ways. And I want Brad to give Deborah a shout out. She was actually the independence partner <clears throat> excuse me, allergies on the coloring book and um you know her contributions her getting her artists and made it really really cool and a third of all the proceeds from the sales of this are going to the create center and i'll be giving you your first check here in about a week so that'll be helpful and i and i have yeah. the 64 crayola crayons which i told you guys last week about from the um yahoo section at ralph's the yoohoo section or yahoo or whatever now the Woohoo <laughs> section from Ralph's the the discount and I and we talked about um, burnt sienna and I actually have it and I've started coloring one of the things today but my other favorite color I just had one more um, verde amarillo I thought it said armadillo but it's verde uh, amarillo is that like chartreuse? yellow green yellow oh, green, green. Yeah. the good thing is they're non toxic in case Brad eats them. That that's always a that's always a good thing. Got that's another way to just keep people safe, you know. Um, Non-toxic crayons. So the other thing that I just like to say is that we're still kind of doing other things. We have uh, grow kits that are available for pickup. So we do uh, maintain hours Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, ten to four. And uh, you can learn to grow your own microgreens for free thanks to Master Gardener program. And I think that's a really hopeful thing, you know, growth in the Great. future and all that. And um, we're working on uh, some other things. We have an art show coming up, the third annual Guy Inyon, uh Memorial Art Show for students. That should be lovely, and that'll be floating around Facebook as well. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I know. We have got so always throughout. I mean, amazing, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys know it, but Deborah was very, very helpful in getting uh, Gertie, the RV painted this uh, just so much fun with her and her artists and all of that. We love every pivot you make with your yep. creative part, Miss Mama. Well, thank, thank you very much. Just wait for the next one. We have, uh, you know, we're we're hopeful that we're uh, we're we're growing. I think that the arts, in particular, um, and uh, creative solutions are terribly vital and important at at this time. Um, you know, it always is, but I think we're going to have to be inventive and creative. And we're uh, also discovering that uh, materials matter. So at first when this happened, I thought, oh, my God, we have to create content. We have to, like, show people how to paint. But guess what? Everybody's doing that. So I think the difference, you know, you can watch the Bob Ross all day long, but unless you have the tools and equipment to follow along, you are a consumer mm -hmm. rather than a creator. So what we're looking to do now is equip people uh, and empower people with the actual tools and equipment and support that they need to um, discover their own creativity, whatever that might be, whether it's well, gardening. You, and you have basically every art supply a human could ever want in the <laughs> Create Center, right? 
We, uh, our focus is uh, drawing, painting, uh, printmaking, um, but you know, that's, that's my personal background and, and my area of expertise is, is art materials and, and it really matters. I mean, you can't do too much without equipment. Okay, so, so is your in-house store open right now for a curbside pickup? Yeah, 10 to 4, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay, so I have come up with like a little slogan for everybody today. So now your slogan from Jamcar is manifest your crazy. Oh, well, all right. With art. Okay, with art. With art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love you, honey. Thank you. I love you, too. Thank Thanks, you so Deborah. much for this opportunity to share about what we're doing over here at Create Center. So speaking of art, did you see what Michael Weems had in his store window in the what? Auto Erotica store on North Palm Canyon? Which is an art gallery, by the Which way. Which is an art. It's, yeah, it's an art gallery. Very, it, I love him to death. I understand he and uh, Laura Rush are acquaintances. Yeah, they're little besties, actually. So, so what was the, what was that? Uh, how did that go, Shan? Do you remember the exact wording on that? Yes, it said uh, anal bleaching curbs available curbside <laughs> in the marquee in his art gallery window. So funny. He's a funny guy. He is but always kind of dirty, funny, biting, funny, which I enjoy. No I wonder if people will actually pull over and request the service. <laughs> well, you know, I have always said that if lesbians wanted such a thing, I would get a box of pressed white strips and went like rim my girlfriend twice a day. Right. I'd have good teeth. She'd be fixed. Win-win. Crafty lesbian. I need a drink after that. So um, uh, one other little piece of artwork that's happening today, um, there's a new Nissan Leaf with longer range that I just got from Tori Nissan for the Gay Desert Guide Mobile. Taking that in today for a brand new wrap, uh, Desert Wraps is open and we have got a new design and a new logo and all kinds of fun stuff. So um, in the next few days, you're gonna start seeing the, the new car driving around town, if I can find a place to go to. You can come to my house. Okay, I'll, I'll drop you. by. I'll wave to you. I'll do a, mini do a mini parade right down Arenas behind you there. A pride parade of one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for being here. Jimmy Vogel, um, you can go to cvindependent.com. Sign up for his newsletter. It's a good read. He keeps you updated on a lot of different uh, fronts, and some of it's funny, some of it's serious, some of it's political, but it's all good information. You do a great job of curating that. I appreciate it. Thank it you, is the smartest read in the Coachella Valley. And it's coming for me. I don't know how that's possible, but thank you very much. Well, we're all learning new skills under lockdown. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching and or listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Stay safe, stay sexy, and stay tipsy, as Alexander Rodriguez says. Bitch, please. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.